Hello, you're listening to the Life Worship Center podcast with Pastor Helene Robinson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this message. Well, I want to um, talk today from a subject that a lot of us may not like doing, but we need to do it in life sometimes. And that means we need to take a step backwards. We just need to take a step backwards sometimes. We're going to be coming out of 2 Kings chapter 5, where as you're turning there, we need to sometime in life, God's plan for us and his will for us is to take a step backwards. Now, usually in this life, everything about life and everything that society is saying, I should be pressing towards something. I should be aiming for a higher goal or a loftier goal. I'm moving from one level to another level even at my job. Nobody likes to talk about going backwards. As I was thinking, even when it comes to driving, nobody likes to park and drive, go in reverse. Nobody likes to look backwards. If you notice, my front window is much bigger than my back window. Nobody likes to drive backwards. Nobody, as a matter of fact, we're not good at it to the degree that we have even the side view mirrors. You got the one up front that help you non-backing up people drive backwards. No, no, people would rather, and tell me to grab that door. People would rather swing around the corner. People would rather go way out their way to park. I remember when I was first learning to drive, I only would park. I don't care if it was far, far away. I would only park to the point that I did not have to back up. So I would swing all around the parking lot just to get to a spot where I didn't have to back up. You know, now you know you back up in your sleep. You back up and don't have to worry about it. But no one likes to go backwards. When you think of the connotation of going backwards, that connotation means that I'm failing or I'm going, instead of going forward, I'm going backwards. Backwards is not a good place. Think about it in your mind. Nobody even likes to reminisce or move backwards. Sometimes we don't even like to think of things that have happened in our past. Nobody likes to go backwards. Nobody, even at a job, I don't care if they promoted you and you can't do it well. If you have to go backwards, the word is you're demoted. Right. Uh-huh. Nobody likes to go backwards. Even if I know I can't do a thing, certain things, Sister Francis, before I admit that I can't do it and go back to what I know I can do, I'll stay there and fail before I go backwards. Nobody likes to go backwards. Oh, somebody gives you a title. Somebody says that you are able to do a certain thing or people respect you at a certain level. If you have to go down the ladder to get some help, nobody likes to go backwards. Every now and then in this walk with God, we're going to have to take a few steps backwards. We're going to have to take a few steps to the rear in order to get to where God is calling us. Now, you, you must know, though, that in order to do that, you're going to have to be a real, mature believer. See, my status and who I am with God has nothing to do with me having to take two steps back. 
I'm still somebody in the Lord if I have to go back and redo something. I'm still somebody in the Lord if I realize, oop, I've gotten into a place where God didn't say go, sit down and do something else. It takes a real strong person to do that because society is always pushing us forward. But there are seasons where the Lord says, take a few steps back. So let's see. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, we're going to look at an example of a man of God that had a problem. And the only way he had, was going to be resolved or healed of this issue is I got to take some steps back. Sometimes, 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 what God has for us, if I don't openly admit and follow his direction, I'll miss it. Pride will get in the way. You feel you're not going back. I'll deal with this problem before I end up having to say I'm sorry and feel humiliated. Second Kings? Yes. Did I say something different? All right. 2 Kings chapter 5. I can, thank you, Mama. 2 Kings chapter 5. If, if, I'm telling you, pride will get in your way where you will feel you won't go backwards in the policy. You're going to hold on to that thing because you're somebody now. So going backwards is not where you're trying to go. Well, let's see. So, 2 Kings chapter 5, starting at verse 1. Now Naaman, the captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria, and he was also a mighty man of battle, but he was a leper. It named all of the wonderful attributes that he was, a mighty man. He had done great things, honorable man, but he was a leper. We can be people been saved a long time, speaking in tongues, strong in the Lord, but still got a few problems. Don't forget, everybody has a butt now. Don't let nobody preach. Don't let them. And I don't, you know what I'm saying. Everybody has a, everybody has a butt. Naaman was honorable. Naaman was a mighty man of God. But he was a leper. Speaking in tongues, love Jesus, born in the church, know all of him. But you got a little something, something in your little closet, okay? Don't ever think you don't have a but. See, here's the thing. Jesus knows your but. And that's what he's telling you. I'm going to let that word go to books in, but I'm just you. Okay. Jesus knows your but. Some of us hide off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It looks like they don't have anything wrong with them. Matter of fact, if I could expire to be like them, because it just looks like they don't have those issues, Sister Francis. But trust me, everybody got a butt. The name is issue, his leprosy problem. His, he was a leper that was visible. I could see that. Okay. Verse 2. And the Sumerians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel, a little maid. So they brought this little captive, a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. Right? So my honorable man, pleasing to the Lord, but he had leprosy. And here comes this maiden that waited on his wife. Verse 3, and she said unto her mistress, would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. For if Naaman could get to this prophet that I heard about and not know about, then he would be healed of his leprosy. Can I tell you, God can speak through anybody 
in any way at any time. My, my. The Bible only refers to this young lady as a little man. First of all, to put little in front of anything but a woman is great. Little man. A little maid. Nobody didn't give her a name. Didn't none of that. But a little maid that waited on Naaman's wife said, Man, but if Naaman could get to this little prophet, this prophet I know about, he would be delivered. Verse 4. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. So someone overheard the little maid talking and went in to Naaman and said, Listen. This maid said, if you could get to this prophet that she's heard about and know, then you would be healed. And from, you got to remember now, Naaman is a man of great status, honorable, led the people out. I mean, favor in the eyesight of God, but he had leprosy. Now, can I tell you, God will deal with your butts if you let him, man. Mm. He'll deliver you of all your butts if you let him. I'm just saying. Verse 5. And the king of Syria said, go to and go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of remnant. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, now when this letter is come unto me, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. Let's keep going. All this will make sense in a minute. Verse 7. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes. See, they were taking it to the king, assuming that the little maid was talking about the king. See, we come to church thinking that if the bishop lays his hands on his step, I'm going to be all right. Jesus sent you to church and said, don't look for the bishop. Look for the mother on row two, two rows, row two, two seats back with the white hat on. That's the one you want. <laughs> but when they sent the talents and the money and the raiment, they sent it to the king, expecting that the king would be able to do something with Naaman's issue. Watch this now. I love the way the king was And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he went his clothes and said, Am I God? He's like, oh, folk, now I'm in the country now. But wait a minute now, this is a little beyond my scope. Don't be trying to act like, he said, am I God to heal and to make alive that this man do sin unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray you, to see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. In other words, why are you asking me to do something I can't do? Mm -hmm. I wonder how many times people tell people we're asking that God didn't anoint him to do something. Mm. I wonder if we go on to the wrong people and God says, see that? That's why you're beating the head here against the wall. I ain't saying you go there. That's <laughs> they don't have the anointing that you need for this season. Yeah. They don't have the word that I'm trying to get to you. But see, you're so busy looking at who they are instead of listening to what I'm saying. Jesus. Because if anybody could have done it, wouldn't it have been the king? If anybody could have healed, shouldn't it have been the king? See, we're too busy looking for what the world considers is going to be our answer. Jesus said, uh-uh, uh-uh. The king got upset. Am I God? Should I be the one to make man alive? I'm the king. I'm, I don't know all about it. And see, when you put the king on blast, then he's embarrassed because it, 
just pointed out something he cannot do. <laughs> Verse 8 says, And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, and that he sent the king to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? He heard that the king was upset. Elisha said, Why are you so upset, O king? See, when you walk through your daughter, you don't mind who you talk to. <laughs> Why are you all upset, O king? Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come down to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. He said, no, king, you, in other words, Elijah was very gracious to the king. He was like, yeah, you're right. You can't handle this. You spazzing out, can't sleep at night, rent your clothes, because they're asking you to do something. But Elijah said, hold up, that's a problem that I can fix. Send that to me. Send this situation and problem a man with this disease to me. And then he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. But look, immediately the people sent Naaman's issue, or this man with less literacy, to who we are, which we didn't have to say. Can I tell you something? We have a lot of the altar that we have to leave the gospel. Stay there long enough. While you're praying with God, make sure you get the next direction. Don't automatically think that you know. You gave it to the Lord, and you think God is going to do it a certain way. Stay there long enough to get his next set of direction. See, because I could be walking in disobedience. See, they were going to the king, and the king was never anointed to be the answer. I believe in God in these last days before this month. He's going to bless me, and he's not going to use the bank to build. Amen. See, with the bank comes loan payments. I ain't trying to have that. <laughs> no, sir. Mama, with the bank, you got to sign some stuff. I ain't trying to have that. Now, now, here's the funny part, Mother. The bank said I could get it.
they went to the king. Elijah said, no, no, no. Could Jesus be the anointing and you should stand right up? So he went to the king. And you know, Naaman, the honorable man. Yeah? Remember how they described this man in the verse 1? This honorable man. A man of valor. A man of courage. Naaman goes to the prophet's house. Now here's where it gets interesting. Remember what I told you. Sometimes you got to take a step back to get what God has for you. Verse 10. And Elijah sent a messenger unto him saying, Go wash in the Jordan seven times and thy flesh shall come again to thee and thou shalt be clean. At this point the prophet did not even talk to Naaman one on one. So this man of battle, this man that's honorable, the prophet, not the king, the prophet is not even going to have an audience with him. Now for most of us if we're in status, we're going to get upset that at the very least, if I come with all of my wealth, you should at the very least take an appointment with me. <laughs> I have parents right now that get upset because something happened with their kids. <laughs> they will come to the school Preach and ask it. to see me right now. <laughs> I tell the secretary, you tell them make an appointment to see me. I can't stop. I got 500 and some kids. Do you, I'm supposed to stop right now. Oh, they get offended because there's a 500 and some other kids and things like that. So they get offended. Naaman went to see the prophet with all of his wealth and fame and the prophet sends somebody. I'm not even going to say Go tell him to wash in the joy. And the joy is not even clean one, which is benefit. <laughs> not only am I not going to take an audience with you, I'm not even, I will tell you to do something that may seem odd and may seem a little dirty. Lord help. How did that, now, if I got leprosy now, I got to figure out, am I willing to take a few steps back to get to them? Mm. Am I going to get caught up in the process, or am I just going to obey? I'll be honest with you, sometimes I've gotten caught up in the process. I don't mean no harm. Because Lord, the Lord has had me to deal with people that I'd rather not deal with. Huh? He says, now you wear it out. Is it worth dealing with that one to get what you want? Or do you want to stay right here and complain? So I bite the bullet and I hold my tongue and I deal with who I have to deal with. So let's see how Naaman, the leper, handles the next set of directions. Because this is where the blessing comes from, if you obey. But Naaman was raw. That being translated, Naaman was mad. Naaman was angry and watched it with his leopard set.
He says, come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the left. Naaman not only figured out one of the audience, but in Naaman's head, he already had a process how this was going to happen. Can I tell you something? Don't go to God with a plan. <laughs> Get your feelings. Don't go to God with a plan. Don't go to God with already a list. Just go to him with a blank piece of paper. <laughs> don't go, don't go to him for the way you think it should turn out. Because right. as sure as you go, he's gonna say, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get I'm gonna show you whose plan will prevail. Naaman not only was upset, he goes out to tell you in his mind how he thought this was gonna work. I thought at least he'd come out to see. I thought at least while we're standing here, he's gonna call on the name of his Lord. I thought at least he'd strike his hand over the place. And at least I would get because I thought all that was going to happen. What you left yourself. He didn't came with a plan. See, that's what happens when we're in authority. I'm going to tell you. That's what happens when you're in a place of leadership and you're used to telling people what to do and people following your order. You get to the Lord and think he's the same. <laughs> Naaman was a man that could speak and Naaman was a man that directed and led people in war. People didn't question what Naaman said. But see, here's the thing. You don't get the same place with the Lord. So Naaman was offended instead of realizing that they told me a prophet, there was a prophet that could help me get delivered. Verse 12. And now, and are not Abner and Typho rivers of Damascus? Watch this, better than the waters of Israel. He told Naaman to go wash in the Jordan. Naaman got upset, didn't even have a, uh, the prophet didn't even have an audience with him. Then he goes, man, he really talking. Naaman just all out here now with his left and right. Israel, Abner, and Barbara, rivers of Damascus that are better than the Matter of fact, not only did you not see, but you sent me to a dirt river, and then Naaman named at least two that were better than the one you Oh, how many times have we gone to the Lord and say, look, what you're telling me to do is hard enough. Can I go, and if I'm going to do it, can I go to this person in private? Why I got to go open? Why I got to say it? We going to the Lord back and forth over what he has said. Still, no deliverance is coming. You're still just a leper talking smack. Deliverance. 
you're fighting against the deliverer. Think you are. Mm -hmm. 
See, Jesus has a way. Even when I heal you, I'm going to teach you a little lesson in the day. I'm going to teach you something in the way. Because, see, he could have had the prophet lay hands on him. We could have skipped all this Jordan stuff. He, he could have had the prophet to speak the word. You wouldn't have to get in the dirty water. You wouldn't have to do none of that. But he says, there's more to us that's wrong than what's obvious. Lord have mercy. Naaman felt that leprosy was his only problem. Mm. <coughs> Naaman thought leprosy was my only problem. But if you study the word and how he responded, no, Naaman, leprosy is not your only problem. You got a spirit of pride too that can't nobody see. You got a whole lot going on in you. So while I'm healing you on the outside, why don't I fix some of this mess you got on the inside? I don't know who needed that other than me. Glory is really in the inside. I'm running. I'm making a scream right around there. I'm telling you, God has a way of dealing with what's most important. That leprosy part wasn't the issue. The greater issue is what was in Naaman. That spirit of pride. Thinking that I'm too good for this. I'm too good for this. People look at you on the outside, can't really tell that. But I told you, Jesus knows what's on the inside. He said, so while you're coming to me thinking that I, you're only here for leprosy, I'm going to fix something else that you may not even know you have. So I'm going to make you go the dirty route. To get what you need. I don't want you to go wash in the Jordan just once or twice. I need everybody to see this. <laughs> now let's see. Verse 14. Then he went eat down. After his friends talked to him. After he weighed it out. See, the enemy doesn't want you to weigh out the cost of it. I'm telling you. The enemy doesn't want you to weigh it out and come to yourself. So we always, it's good to take. Take a step back. Even when you feel God is telling you to do something, you're offended or hurt back. Before you say no or do something, take a step back. Sometimes it's good to do nothing. When you don't understand what God is doing, you don't do nothing. See, Naaman got angry, was on his way home. His friends and his servants talked to him and said, hold it, take a deep breath. So now, whatever they said, and in that time, he decided, let me see this thing through. So then he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again, like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Oh, let's keep going. And he returned to the man of God. He had to go back. I'm going back to where this guy lived that told me to go do this. The one that wouldn't come out to me. He returned to the house there of the man of God. And he and all his company came and stood before him. And he said, and this time, Behold, now I know, now I know, now I know, that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. And now, therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. There was a reward, you know, all of the stuff that he had brought. He said, Now take of thee a blessing. But all of this came to be because Naaman got over his pride and took some steps back. Here's the thing the only reason it's considered backwards is the meaning because how we view it. 
told you that washing of the blood was bad anyway? Who told you that when the prophet spoke, it did not come out to see you? What made that bad anyway? You know what made it bad? Our own prideful expectation. told you that it had to be a certain way for God to really bless you? Who, who told you that if God doesn't do it like this, then it's less than what he had? Who told you? We come to God with our own prideful expectation. I dare not say we also go to God and if he doesn't bless us with what we explicitly ask, we feel, we get a little offended because frightfully we think we deserve certain things. They look up, I deserve at least an audience with the prophet. I deserve for him to be. And who are you when you're the one that has the sickness or disease? Here's the thing. Who are we to go to God with any type of expectation? What you have for me, if I got to take a few steps back to take 10 steps forward, I'll do it. I, if I got to take some steps back to get where God wants me, I'll, I don't want my pride to get in the way. I don't want the pressures of others to influence me. I don't want to feel like I'm embarrassed or I'm less than. No, God, if I got to take some steps back to get to where you want me to be. So, name it. Honorable man, favor in the sight of God. He left home with leprosy, and when he returns, he's going to be healed. The people don't care how you got that way, yeah? They just going to see the healing. So if I got to go and wash in the dirty joy, now I can guarantee you, name and probably told him, there's a dirty little place called the Jordan. Everybody's sick, go jump in the truck. <laughs> just go on jumping. Because I didn't see now what you thought was ugly that the Lord used to bless you is now considered your testimony. Yeah? yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> if I talk about the dirty water in the Jordan, it's all good water. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a follow on. I want some of that Jordan water. Yeah. Let's go to John 9, and I want to start at verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his Blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind. See, when we always look at something that is bad, as somebody having done something wrong, which means it's a setback. We're the only ones that think bad things in our life or disappointments are setback. He says, not so at all. We have to stop because I will be honest with you. In all of us, and I, I tell you, all of us, even growing up, we have a plan for our life. Graduate high school, I want to go out in the world, and I want to become this, and after that, I'm, I'm going to get the little house with the picket fence. I'm going to buy me a nice BMW. That was my personal goal. But nevertheless, then I'm, I'm going to have this big old house with a big old closet, and I'm going to fill it. I'm going to move. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try. And honestly, the Bible talks about us making plans, and there's nothing wrong with those plans. Here's the deal. At the end of it, it tells you to always acknowledge, Father, if it be thy will. When we get so tricked up, 
is our plans over time become the only rule of thumb and they want the Lord to line up with our plans. He said, I don't do that. I don't conform to your plans. Your plans are to conform with mine. This is where the enemy gets us. If there's any setback while I'm on this little road in my life, then I consider it a setback or a disappointment. He says, no, it's not. I was there all the time. Some of my greatest times where I grew in God was from setbacks and disappointments. See, I didn't see God when everything was great. I don't know about y'all. I was, I was one of those Christians that checked in with them when people were doing well. You know how you check in? Yo, yo, we good? We good, we good. I checked in. But when he sent something on my path that I wasn't expecting or disappointed, then I became that believer that called on the day and night, crying in the morning and stuff, crying at night, reading my word, waking up and fasting and praying. I became that believer from the disappointments. I didn't come that believer when everything was going on. So here's the connection. These setbacks and disappointments are all still orchestrated by the hand. Jesus said in verse 3, Jesus answered, neither has this man sinned, nor his parents. The very notion that they had because he couldn't see, somebody did something wrong. The enemy tells you the very notion something happens in your life, Jesus don't love you, or you sinned. He tells you, you should have done. He immediately starts to blame. Jesus fixed it and said, this man nor his parents sinned. But that the works of God should be made manifest. Listen to this. In him. Then he says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it's day. The night cometh when no man can work. He says, listen, your setbacks and your disappointments and all of the things that you experience in life on this journey, they're not solely for you now. But they will make you better. Setbacks aren't meant to break you. Setbacks are solely meant for you to mature in the things of God. Go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 28. Man, I, I love this because when I understand what's happening in my life, when I can still see Jesus in my setback, the enemy has no place. When, when I can see Jesus even in the times where I am personally disappointed, I let the Lord know, God, that's not the way I thought this was going to go. But Lord, not my will, but that I be done. Lord, there was a better plan, I thought. But <laughs> Even before it starts unfolding and the period comes to the end, you say, God, now here's a thought if you hadn't considered it. Can we work out a plan? <laughs> You told me I can ask you anything, but I'm going to put this out here as a plan if you had considered. <laughs> you, know, if, you know, I love you, you love me, and I'm learning. Can you do this? Have mercy on me. But I'm learning now that whatever God does in my life, whether it's considered a setback or a trial, it's still him moving in my life. Matthew. Chapter 9, verse 28. And when he was coming to the house, the blind man came to him. Jesus said unto him, Believe ye that I am able to do this. They said unto him, Yea, Lord. 
yesterday. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to thy faith, be it unto you. The reason why I brought that scripture here is because whatever that setback is, that if I can see it and take it to the Lord, he's able to do something with it. See, the first thing he asked, he said, when he saw the blind man, believe ye that I am able to do this. Believe ye that I am able to take what is a setback to you and do something with it. One of the things that frustrates us in our walk is we have a setback and we don't take it to the Lord. We let it sit and sever with us. Yeah, but I remember the time when the Lord didn't answer his disappointment. I remember times years ago. That's that's why I don't like them now, because that relationship ain't right. They don't like me, and I don't like them. We let we take our setback instead of taking them to the Lord and telling them how we feel. We hold on to it, and we get offended. I don't know who's willing to admit that you got disappointed and offended with God. Got a man because it didn't turn out right. God, I did all I was supposed to do and it still didn't turn out a certain way. You Don't tell me you jumped up in glory to God. No, you didn't. You said, Lord, why didn't you? Because I knew you were able. What, what, what could I have done differently? I prayed and I prayed and I cried and I cried. And it still happened. He allows you to go through that moment. But when it's all said and done, he says, Father, you know what's best. So the question here is, believe ye that I am able to do this? Believe that I can even take the ugly in your life and the disappointments and do something with it? Believe you mean that you don't have to take your ugly and put it in the trash can and put a lid on it as if you got to hang on to it? No, take that ugly thing to the Lord so he can do something with it. I can believe that God is able to move in and through me then, then and only then with my setbacks. Me working, moving backwards will work for me. Go to Ephesians chapter 3 and then we're going to quit. Ephesians 3. This is the one where my setbacks, me moving backwards still can produce a greater glory. Still, have you ever been putting something together? And I know any parent Christmas time is horrible. Now that's why businesses, all you gotta do is pay them an extra $10 and they'll put the store together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to the store, I want the bike that is put together. Yeah. I don't want nothing in a box. <laughs> because there's always gonna be extra pieces that I'm gonna say they were just extra. They're not. They weren't. <laughs> they weren't. But they were be extra to me because I didn't know what they meant. You know why <laughs> they stay there and you just pray that the toys still work? Because nobody likes to undo and untrue anything. I'll never forget, and I don't know if Mike and I ever did it again. Lena and Michael Little, we were up Mother's Day one in the morning, I think, putting this mess together. And I think the chair had screws and I had to spin it. <laughs> I don't know. I said, Angel, I ain't found nothing requiring a screw. Mother, it requires a screw, I'm bad. Put it together. And I think that was the that was the breaking point. Because I'm about to put out at Christmas over some new screw stuff because I refused to take it apart. <laughs> I refused. I told Mike they won't have to be happy that day. They don't know if they're ever be happy that day. We're gonna out another time. I take care of themselves and talk I'm thrilled. Thrilled. You know what? Nobody likes to take the time to undo something. And in life, 
sometimes God takes us to a seat where we got to take it all apart. Take it all apart. And that's God all over again. We say, Lord, no, here's the spot to screw work here. And first of all, you tell him, well, I don't even need to screw. It looks like it's working to me. He said, no, no, no. Every screw is important. God says, everything I take you through is important. There's nothing that is left over or extra. There are no experiences that don't connect for some divine purpose. But we get angry because we've come too far now, and I'm frustrated. I'm tired of doing this again. And I say, God, I don't care about it. I'll take it like it is. He says, no, sometimes in life you got to back it up and unscrew Take a deep breath and start all over again. He says, now, when you start all over again this time, you'll be wiser. So the few times Mike and I did start all over again, we took it step one. Give me that piece and that piece. <laughs> Give me that piece and that piece. And then before you know it, when I do it according to the direction, I don't have any missing screws. Right. When I do it, El Johnson already know, according to the word of God, I don't have any leftover screws. So I learned stuff, even though in this life I'm going to have some setbacks, and I'm going to have to back it up. Don't let me be the one that causes them, because I'm going too fast. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask for faith, according to the power that worketh in us. Now, I, I pulled this scripture because the power that worketh in us is going to come through having experienced some setbacks. You ain't getting no power when you ain't had to do something over. You ain't getting no power when you're not faced with a situation where God said, do it over again. You don't have no power if everything is all right all the time. You just don't. According to the power that works unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages. World without end. Amen. I'm going to tell you, these setbacks in your life, I had some other things, but we're going to pray. These setbacks in your life, and having to move backwards and take some steps backwards, God can use them for your glory. His glory. Amen. Let's stand. I want to pray. Thanks for listening to the Life Worship Center podcast with Pastor Helene Robinson. If you're interested in joining us on Sundays, our services are held at the Clarence Cuffey Community Center at 2019 Windy Road, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23324. Our Sunday morning service is held at 1 p.m. and our Bible studies are held on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Join us and be blessed. And remember, there's life in the word.